Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Srinvadhir Upkaya Bhir Uttamashloka Chaistatam. The citizens of the state of Maharaj Ambarish were accustomed to chanting and hearing about the glorious activities of the personality of Godhead. Thus they never aspired to be elevated to the heavenly planets which are extremely dear even to the demigods. Report by Srila Prabhupada. A pure devotee who has been trained in the practice of chanting and hearing the holy name of the Lord and his fame, qualities, form, and paraphernalia, and so on, is never interested in elevation to the heavenly planets, even though such places are extremely dear even to the demigods. Narayana parasarave nakutashtana bhibhyate Devotees solely engaged in the devotional service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayan never fear any condition of life. The heavenly planets, liberation, and the hellish planets are all the same to a devotee. A, a devotee is always situated in the spiritual world Therefore, he does not desire anything. He is known as akama, or desireless, because he has nothing to desire except to render transcendental loving service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because Maharaj Ambarish was a most exalted devotee of the Lord, he trained his subjects in such a way that the citizens in his state were not interested in anything material including even the happiness of the heavenly planet. In the third chapter of the Gita, it is explained that uh, what great men do, common men follow in their footsteps. And here is a most important example of this particular case. Because Ambarish Maharaj was a pure devotee of the Lord, and his only concern was the devotional service of the Lord. And he was the humble servant of each and every citizen within his kingdom. He was unmotivated. Therefore, all the citizens of his kingdom followed in his footsteps. None of them were interested in fulfilling any of their selfish desires, but they were all considering themselves the humble servants of one another. That is why it is said in the Shastra that unless one has this consciousness, one should not take any position of leadership. 
because human life is meant specifically for this purpose. Savai Pongshong It is explained in, Bhagav- in Bhagavatam. Savai Pongshong Paro Dharma Yatho Bhaktira Dhokshijay Ahoyitiki Aprati Hathar Yajatma Suprasidati. The supreme occupation for all humanity is that which culminates in unmotivated, uninterrupted, loving service to the Supreme Lord. So, whatever our particular responsibilities may be within the society, the supreme occupation is readily available to everyone, whether they be the street sweeper of the street, or whether they be a Brahmin or a guru. The supreme occupation is for anyone who performs their duties with unmotivated, uninterrupted, loving service to the Lord. So therefore, one should not take the role of a parent, one should not take the role of a teacher, or a king, or a demigod, unless one can teach his subjects how to aspire for the supreme occupation of life. And, of course, if we accept such a position of leadership and we mislead our followers, uh, then there will be a very, very unfortunate reaction upon us as well as upon them. Because when the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch, the ditch of the bondage of repetition of birth and death. Therefore, Ambarish Maharaj was truly responsible because he was seeing how each and every subject within his kingdom was his Prabhu or his master. This is the quality of the great kings of the past. There is a beautiful narration in the Bhagavatam. Uh, Arjuna was a powerful military leader. He was, he was side by side with the king, Yudhisthira. And it is described that at one time a Brahman, his son, died for no apparent cause. Now these things were unheard of in a God-conscious kingdom. Because where everyone is following the principles of Dharma, there is practically no sinful reaction to be found anywhere. Everything happens in harmony with God's will. And therefore, for a son to die before his father was never ever to be seen because it is not natural. When people live unnaturally, then what happens is they are overwhelmed and overcome by many, many unnatural, disastrous conditions of life. But when people live naturally, the response of nature is that everything is in order for prosperity and for the pleasure of all the citizens. So this Brahman came to Maharaj Ugrasena, who was the king. Actually, yes, it was Maharaj Ugrasena at the time, I believe. And he said that this is not correct. There is a defect in you. If the king is behaving properly himself and ruling the citizens properly, 
then such an, such an event cannot take place as a son dying before his father. So Arjuna, uh, he saw that Maharaj Rugrasena, he had nothing to say. He had to agree, I must be doing something wrong. So Arjuna made a vow that I will walk in fire, I will destroy my life if I cannot find your son for you, because it is my duty. Even if it means giving my life, it's better to give my life than not accept this responsibility that I have to be the humble servant of each and every citizen. So Arjuna, with Krishna as his charioteer, began to travel to the abode of Yamaraj. Yamaraj did not know where this Brahmin's son was. He went to various planets. None of them knew where he was. Krishna understood that Arjuna would have to die if he did not find him. He was such a humble servant of every citizen within his kingdom. He was there to give, not to take. Alas, Krishna took Arjuna beyond the entire stratum of this cosmic manifestation and they entered into the supreme realm of the Karanadak Ocean which is born of the perspiration of Karanadakshai Vishnu, Mahavishnu. And Mahavishnu when he saw Krishna and Arjuna coming, ah, he offered his respectful obeisances. And he said, yes, I have taken the Brahman son. He said, just because I wanted to have personal darshan with Krishna. And I knew that he would find a son somewhere, by some means, and I knew that he would never allow his Arjuna, his Arjuna to be vanquished. And I knew Arjuna would take this vow because of his great, great responsible service to the people of Dwarka. So he said, now that I have seen the beauty of Lord Krishna, all my desires are perfectly satisfied. Now you please take the son back to his father. Uh, of course, Krishna arranged this wonderful pastime in order to show the glory of King Ugrasena and Arjuna. Uh, how responsible they were in a mood of unmotivated, uninterrupted devotional service to each and every person who is part and parcel of Krishna. <clears throat> Last night, we had the good fortune of echoes to one of the um, very, very poverty-stricken neighborhoods of Bombay. And what do these devotees have to gain by going to these places? By most of these devotees, Shamananda Prabhu, Tattva Prabhu, Abhimanu, Vishwaru, they have high college graduation. Most of them have master's degrees in very professional subject matters. They could be living in very, very comfortable, um, somewhat aristocratic circumstances if they simply put their minds in that direction. But here they are, where there is 
no sanitation, there's sewage right on the streets, flies, carrying all sorts of infectious diseases. People who have no standard of cleanliness whatsoever, who are uh, just completely downtrodden, rejected and forgotten by all other classes of society, who are living in premises. In America, a person wouldn't even put their dog in such houses. And they're not getting paid. They're not getting any prestige. But they're there three, four hours, practically every day, or as much as possible, giving them prasad, giving them the holy name of God, the medicine for the soul, and giving them loving, encouraging words, a smile. Do you know what one smile from a, from a person outside their community means to them? They've probably never seen it in their life. It gives them a sense of integrity, that they have something to live for, that they are somebody in this world. What to speak of personally taking a concern for their physical, their mental, and especially their spiritual health. What will be the motivation for such service? All leaders of society should be like this. Maharaj Ambarish, he was the humble menial service for everyone. And therefore, everyone was so inspired by him that they all wanted to follow exactly in his footprints. Just like a son, when he's young, always likes to imitate the father. Whatever the father is, the son wants to be that. It's like Mahaprabhu's son. I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an advocate. Huh? What does he know about being an advocate? He doesn't know what, anything about what it means, but because his father is, that's what he wants to be. Even when I was a little boy, people used to say, what do you want to be? Oh, I want to be a businessman. A businessman. But then as soon as I saw once what it really meant, I decided I don't want to be a businessman. <laughs> Everyone wants to be what their father is. Because father is hero. He is taking care of them. He is protecting them. So the king is meant to take the position, not of the ruler and the exploiter of the citizens, but he's meant to actually be in the role of a father. And because he loves each citizen, however significant or insignificant, as his own son or daughter, therefore every citizen wants to be just like him. They want to do everything for God, just like him. They want to serve one another, just like he is serving them. This unmotivated, uninterrupted, <coughs> loving disposition toward God and all God's children is also explained here by Srila Prabhupada to be the quality that even the greatest of all the demigods, Lord Shiva, was so much impressed, enlightened to see in the character of the great king, Chichiketu. 
नारायण परासारवे नाकुताश्चन भिभ्यते स्वर्ग पवार्ग नारकेशु अपितुल यार्त दार्शन। This verse is from the sixth canto of Bhagavatam, and the story that precedes this verse is most wonderful, most fascinating, and most illuminating. Maharaj Chichiketu, like Maharaj Ambarish, was the king of the earth, and he was always very, very charitable and humble before the great sages. He always made every decision with the blessings of the great souls. This is very important for all classes of men. We should never do anything independently. Whatever we embark upon within our life should always be preceded by the blessings of the great souls. Then, success or failure, whatever our mission may appear to be with our physical eyes, it is all auspicious. It is pleasing to God. If we sincerely try to perform our service to fulfill the desires of the great souls with their heartfelt blessings. Different ways to get blessings. Full blessings is when you really, really approach a, a, a Mahatma or a Sadhu with a desire to please him. And therefore, when that person sees your humility and your submission and your unmotivated desire to render service to the Lord, then his full blessings are upon you. Then your activity is all auspicious. There's no need to even concern yourself what the result will be. You simply sincerely endeavor to act in harmony with the blessings of the great souls. Of course, if we approach with the motivation that we want to do what we want to do, but we want to do it for Krishna, we may also possibly get blessings, but that is not the full blessings. That blessing is, yes, yes, I hope you can come with a more, I hope by giving you this blessing that you will become a little purified by this motivated, interrupted service and you will come back again with a desire to please the Lord rather than to please your own senses. So Maharaj Tuchiketu, whatever he did was with the blessings of the great souls. Therefore, he was a perfect devotee and a perfect king. So one time it is explaining, explained he was traveling and he came upon a most extraordinary scene. Lord Shankar, Shiva, was sitting in an association of sannyasis and brahmacharis in the renounced order of life who had take this, taken the strictest vows uh, of renunciation. And he was specifically giving them a lecture on renunciation. And while he was sitting, his beautiful, beautiful wife, Parvati, was very pleasingly sitting upon his lap with her arms around him. And when Chichiketu Maharaj saw this, he did not in any way doubt Lord Shiva. He understood that Lord Shiva, Vaishnava, uh, 
Sambu, that he is completely transcendental to all of these things. But it was such a humorous situation to see that he began to laugh. Now, it is the nature of a chaste and faithful wife that she cannot tolerate anyone insulting her husband. Therefore, Parvati showed her own glory as the faithful, loyal wife of Shiva. And she became so angry with this Chuchuketu that she said, how dare, how dare you laugh and criticize Bhagavan Shankar, who is the lord of the three worlds. For this offense, I curse you to become a demon and go to hell. Now this is quite a change from living in a beautiful palace as the king of the earth to being cursed to be a demon and go to hell. When Chichiketu Maharaj heard this curse of Parvati, his heart was very grateful. He came down from his vehicle and he bowed his head at the feet of Parvati Devi and Lord Shankar. And he said to Parvati, actually, I honestly did not mean any offense to Lord Shiva. I do not believe that I have done anything wrong because I love and honor Lord Shiva. I was joking. But nothing happens by chance. This is obviously the will of the Supreme Lord Narayan upon me, that I become a demon and go to hell. Therefore, Parvati Devi, I could understand that you are my Lord's most loving messenger to give me this curse. So I want to thank you very, very much. And now, with your blessings and with your permission, I would like to proceed toward hell. Now, when Lord Shiva saw this, his heart was filled with great joy. And he looked toward Parvati and he spoke this verse. Narayana parasarave nakutashtana bibhyate swargapavarga narakeshu apitulyarata darashunaha. Devotees solely engaged in the devotional service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayan, never fear any condition of life. The heavenly planets, liberation, and the hellish planets are all the same to a devotee. Why are they all the same? Because the devotee is not looking for the pleasures of heaven. He is not running from the pains of hell. He is not aspiring for the bliss of liberation. He only has one motive. How can I please you, my Lord? How can I serve you? And there is no situation where a devotee is bereft of the opportunity to render service. This state of consciousness is the consciousness of real love. And the Lord reciprocates with this love. 
just like in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Vasudev Dutt. He prayed to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that my Lord, please, if I've done anything to satisfy you ever in my life, fulfill my one most burning desire. This desire permeates my whole life. I will never be content until you satisfy this desire. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he asked, of course, because you are such a sincere soul, Krishna must fulfill whatever desire you want. What is your desire? He said, seeing the suffering of various classes of men brings such pain to my heart that my great longing is this. Let every living being within this universe go back to the spiritual world to enjoy an eternal life in your loving service. And whatever sinful reactions they deserve, let every living being's sinful reactions come on my head alone and let me go to hell forever for them. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard this, tears of love filled his eyes. Because, you know, Vasudev Dati was a very wealthy man. He was very prosperous and very well-known and well-liked by all. He had, from the material point of view, he had absolutely everything to lose and nothing to gain. But from the spiritual point of view, this was his only desire in life. So Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained, because of your desire, everyone in this universe will be liberated. But you will not have to go to hell. Do you think Krishna will tolerate letting you go to hell? But in this case of Maharaj Tuchiketu, because it was not simply his, it was his desire to serve the Lord under any circumstance, without being particular. It's like some devotees, we want to do service, but we don't want to cook. We like doing sankirtan, but we do not like to cook. But we like worshipping the deities, but we don't like cleaning the bathrooms. Or we like giving Bhagavad Gita class to intelligent scholars and students, but we don't like taking care of little orphans. Huh? We are very particular. But Maharaj Chichiketu, he was not particular at all. Whatever the Lord wanted, whatever way I can serve you, whatever way I can please you, that is my only aspiration in life. Heaven, hell, anything, it doesn't matter. I'm grateful for any service I have the opportunity to render. This is Krishna consciousness in its essence. And sure enough, he became, he went to hell and became a demon. A ferocious, horrible demon who was the enemy of the demigods and the saints. And he had to perform his duty as the king of the demons, named Vritrasura. But because of his pure devotion in his previous life, he was allowed to have the same consciousness that he had before. 
So he understood exactly why he was a demon. And he was just playing this role because he knew God wanted him to play this role. Not a very credible role at all. Most people, they like to be adored and they like to be praised for their, for their good work and for their charitable activities in God's service. But here, the Lord had a plan, and his plan that he needed a big, ferocious demon to just cause chaos. The plan is a very un wonderful plan. Ultimately, everything works for the good, according to God's will. So this person, Vichasura, was being cursed. He was hated by everybody. But he didn't mind because God wanted him to do this. My Lord Narayan, if he wants everyone to hate my guts, if he wants everyone to simply be talking about how to kill me, how to destroy me, what a low-class, horrible, blood-sucking monster I am, if taking that position and getting this sort of infamy, if this is what my service is to the Lord, my Lord, I'm very grateful, let them throw their tridents at me. Let them spit their scornful condemnations upon me. I'm your servant. This is the quality of the great Chichiketu. And then he was fighting with Indra, the king of heaven. And he was so powerful that he was defeating Indra. Indra threw his Vajra, his thunderbolt, which, which is so powerful that it can that it can break open even the largest mountains. And Vichrasura simply took the thunderbolt, effortlessly caught it with his hand and threw it back at Indra and hit him in the head as it. Just threw it away. Indra threw his club. He caught the club and threw it and hit Indra's elephant and fell to the ground, coughing blood. And then Indra said, I can't fight this person. Look at how big he is. Look at how his whole body fills the sky too frightening to even look at. And all my greatest weapons don't work. He just lost all hope and he was ready to just run away. And Vichasura started preaching to him. He said, why are you so afraid? You're afraid because you think you're this body. You're on the bodily concept of life, Indra. Don't you know you're not this body? You are the eternal soul. And you are not fighting this. You are not supposed to be fighting this war for your own bodily comforts. You're fighting this war to protect Dharma. I am the personification of Adharma. I am against God. You are fighting for Krishna. Don't you know if you fight for Krishna, you cannot lose? He will protect you in all circumstances. Give up your faint-heartedness. Give up your false pride. That is your problem. Because your weapons don't work, you're so proud that you're giving up. Just depend on Krishna. Surrender to Him. He is the supreme goal of life. You may be afraid, but I'm not afraid of death. In fact, I'm meant to die by you. So please, kill me, and I'll tell you exactly how to kill me. If you just get off the bodily concept of life, if you just take shelter of Krishna, surrender to his lotus feet, then you will be able to kill me. And after you kill me, I'll go back to Godhead. Think I like this body of a demon? And Indra was enlightened. This demon became like his guru. And then Indra followed his instructions and killed him. Vichrasura was just smiling. Very happily being killed. And his soul went back to Krishna. 
So if you simply accept Krishna's plan in your life, you never lose. You have to have that faith. That is the quality of the great souls. They have that unflinching faith. Rupa Goswami explained, whatever you give in the service of Krishna, do not think you are the loser. If you have the blessings of Guru and the Vaishnavas, whatever you do is all auspicious. These wonderful narrations in the Srimad Bhagavatam of such pure devotees as Chichiketu Maharaj, Ambarish Maharaj, they really and truly give us a proper understanding and inspiration on what we should aspire for in our life. Srila Prabhupada would always tell us that this Krishna Consciousness Movement is meant to train sincere souls to be leaders within the society. Because what the leaders do, the common men will follow. So therefore, we must take very seriously whatever our particular service is. By performing this service in proper devotional consciousness, we become a leader of society. Each devotee is responsible on behalf of his spiritual master to very carefully learn the philosophy of Krishna Consciousness, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita. And every devotee is very responsible for living according to these principles by submissively serving Sri Guru. And in this way, we become empowered to be leaders amongst men and women. And in this way, it is not our benediction to society. We are insignificant. We have no real value to offer. But we can be the messengers of our Guru Maharaj. We can give the precious divine gift, the matchless gift of pure devotional service to humanity. That is the greatest, greatest need within this world. And that is our greatest responsibility, to take the position of being a leader by our words, by our actions. A leader to guide all segments of society back home, back to Godhead. Thank you very much. Is there any questions? So, Devamrita, you can ask them questions. Let me see how this is done. Thank you very much.